0: This is Angie, and welcome to my podcast called Be Honest, Though. I have a special guest in the building today that I'm super excited about, Shawana Vaughn. She is the creator and founder of um, Silent Cry, Inc., and also the Shawana Bill W76337 Post-Traumatic Prison Disorder. Shawana, how are you doing today?
1: I am wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this interview. No, thank
0: you for coming. I'm super excited. (laughs) So, the question I always ask on my podcast is How is your mental health today? Whoa.
1: Oh, mm. wow. Yes. <laughs> so, today my mental health is
0: amazing. Good. I yes. like that. You want to elaborate a little bit? Just feeling good today? Yeah,
1: today I am feeling good because I believe that the world has infinite possibilities.
0: Mm.
1: And so that leads me to be mentally well so I can face the challenges of today. Mm and get what the creator has for me in this moment.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad that's an in-depth answer. <laughs> I don't like to tell people I ask that question because I like it to be raw and real. So, you know, I appreciate that you would in-depth. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Shamana I'm super excited about this episode because as a person who works in social services, I deal with people who have been incarcerated, who's in the shelter system, or have been incarcerated and just been put out of prison and had no resources. So I wanted to know what your journey was with finding Silent Cry. Like, what was your idea about it? Tell us your background story and everything. Absolutely.
1: Um, <clears throat> so for me, my background story is... I was born to a mother who was addicted to substance abuse and I was subsequently born in prison because Mm -hmm. as for black communities, there has always been a war on drugs because it's a war on black people. Mm -hmm. And instead of giving black mothers rehab, we give black mothers prison. Mm -hmm. And subsequently I'm a byproduct of the war on drugs Mm
2: -hmm. as
1: a byproduct of being born in prison, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in Corona state prison for women. Um, Mm -hmm. In Riverside, California. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that, you know, the journey to resources in prison is, um, for me, very traumatic. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, born in prison. um, And I always say that's a slave plantation. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, um, I was in a foster home that wasn't... Uh, violent and abusive. Okay. Um, I, I, and had people that, that cared about me. hmm And so... Unfortunately, I still went to prison um, at 17. hmm And prison is a place that you cannot describe to other people. Yeah. yeah. But what I will say for the public... Um, is you're not safer because there's 2.5 million people incarcerated. Mm. Yeah. Um, your your home is no safer. Your life is no safer. Mm-hmm. Your children, nothing is safer because there's 2.5 million, mostly African Americans and Hispanics, languishing in prisons. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I went, to prison at 17 and I got to see um, that prison is horrific for women and young girls and Mm -hmm. it is traumatizing Mm -hmm. and the stigma that prison corrects behavior Mm -hmm. is deplorable prison perpetuates cycles and trauma and creates bad behavior that you probably did not have before you went to prison Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think prison is adverse to everybody that is in it
0: yeah yeah i have um it's interesting because like you said prison it kind of everybody has their own experiences with prison right and everybody comes out different ways um some people i have seen them motivated and changed their ways and haven't gone back to life of crime but Like your bill says, there is some type of post-traumatic syndrome that comes with just being, you know, out of prison, not having resources to begin with, and then just have to fend for themselves. So when you got out of prison, how did you adjust to, you know, life on the outside after that time you spent?
1: I think people don't understand that once you have your body Mm -hmm. snatched out of its habitat... Even if the habitat or the environment was not good, mm-hmm. it was conducive to who you were in that moment mm-hmm. and you were used to it. Yeah, yeah. Now you've taken me out of my habitat and you put me into something that was very abnormal
2: mm-hmm.
1: with no caution, no reckoning, no warning to what this is. And when you get there, there's no way to prepare for it because mm-hmm. you're in it and there's no guidance while you're there. Mm-hmm. And then they give you $40 and a bus ticket at the end of your sentence and say see you later make it to parole get a job stay home yeah it's not that easy Mm. um for me i had a place to live Mm. the majority of people some people do not come home to anywhere to live yeah you go from prison to a shelter system Mm -hmm. and that means they're setting you up for recidivism yeah because we're clear that the shelter system is not designed for incarcerated people to come home to. No. It's not designed for the people that are homeless in the cities, in, in the counties. So they definitely can't handle incarcerated people because mm-hmm. they don't have the resources. Yeah. And... You know, I, I have to say that I'm, I'm fortunate mm-hmm. because I came home to rent a house. Mm, okay. Um, I was able to get a job at Today Cleaners doing laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to get a job as a waitress in the daytime mm-hmm. and do industrial laundry at night. Mm-hmm. I was able. Yeah. Um, I was able to get jobs where there weren't people or nobody was asking me about my prison record. Yeah. But guess what? That wasn't that wasn't the case all the way through, yeah, um I realized that I could not get a job like a real job that paid real money to eat and to live and to survive, mm-hmm. and every time I realized that I could not get a real job that would pay me the wage I needed to really live, mm-hmm. stealing always <laughs> and robbing looked attractive, yeah, I I'm have like, oh, a I can like always that. go back
0: to that, oh, yeah. that pays today, yeah. I have a friend that he used to make, like, $10,000 a month just, like, you know, doing what he does. And then it's, like, to go to a life of, like, struggling, it's very, like, humbling. But it's frustrating because it's, like, you don't even have, you know, public assistance, Social Security. That's not enough to, to survive. I don't know how. I don't, I don't understand this government. No. I don't understand it. You know what? I do understand it. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, they only want two classes of people mm-hmm. in this world, the rich and the servitude. Mm-hmm. If you cannot serve the rich, you actually serve no purpose. Wow. And so, if we really don't understand what is actually going on, mm-hmm. black people are the blood diamond. Mm-hmm. Our human body is money mm-hmm. to keep this economy going for decades. Mm-hmm. And as long as we perpetuate poverty and violence and incarceration, mm-hmm. it keeps the Dow Jones running. Yeah. And so, if we're not even clear that the black body, in and of itself, mm-hmm. is money, mm-hmm. and so rich people, we serve them daily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every incarcerated body is money, and it's making the Dow Jones move. Why? Because in prison, we have plantation, down south, industrial-free labor. Mm. From license plates to angel wings for Victoria's Secret Mm -hmm. to shoes, Auto zone makes the, the 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 parts for the cars are done in prison. Michigan has yeah. license plates uh somebody else has a uh, trade a whole food's fruit mm. the nuts the clothes listen down to the Haynes boxes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I don't want to talk about the sweatshops in the Philippines when the sweatshops are every prison in the United States. Mm-hmm. We are slavery. It is not ended it just changed mm-hmm. It's called prison and so I'm clear. I'm I'm not confused on why we are where we are. Mm -hmm. We give people Social Security because we know we didn't give you enough. Mm -hmm. We give people welfare and we take it away because we know we're not giving you enough. We're giving you enough to go steal and rob and kill the neighbor Mm -hmm. because we know it's inadequate. And if we ever made it adequate and you were equipped, then what would America do? Who would support it? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's the honest answer. Who would support this mm-hmm. if we were all equal? Mm-hmm. There would be no one to serve you.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: So can you tell me um, some things that you have done with Silent Cry, um, the beginning of how you start that organization, or where it's at now?
1: Absolutely. Um, I started thinking about Silent Cry in about 2010 like really thinking about it as I like I said I couldn't get jobs, right? Yeah. I became a massage therapist in two thousand and three because I could go to people's homes and never have to say, I'm a convicted felon. Mm. Or I could go work in a salon and they're never asking you, Are you a convicted felon? Because you pay your own booth rent. Yeah. And I did that until I realized like I don't want to just touch bodies all of my life because that's not a longevity job. It has no insurance. It has no benefits. And I was like, what am I going to do longevity? Because I'm clear that most formerly incarcerated people should all be entrepreneurs. Yes. None of us should work for anybody. Yeah. And I said, you know what? (laughs) What what, what is the thing I can do every day, all day, even if I don't get paid? Mm -hmm. And I realized it was. Everything that traumatized me, everything that hurt me is everything I can drives me to do. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I want to work with people affected by gun violence. I want to work with people affected by incarceration. I want to work with young people in foster care because those are the three things that compel me to breathe every day mm. because those are the three things that I understand are trauma mm-hmm. in my community and in my own life.
2: Yeah.
1: And I thought about it and I thought about it and I was like, Wow. And when I was thinking of a name, I realized I wrote um, in my prison journal and I was like, nobody heard my silent cries. Mm. And I said, wow. And I realized how many times I wrote that over the years. Yeah. And I said, hmm, silent cry. Because people don't understand that silent cries are really loud, Yeah. but nobody hears them Mm -hmm. because they come out in your actions and we treat bad behavior, but we don't treat the trauma Yeah, because bad behavior does not come from, from no existing problem. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I said, wow, everybody missed it because I was really crying. Mm -hmm. Everybody, nobody heard me. Mm And so I birthed silent cry out of my own silent tears, out of my own pain, out of my own frustration for the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I did gun violence um, in honor of my brother who was murdered. And, um, you know, I did the vigils. I sat with the families. I do a gala um, every year called Healing Through Pain. Mm -hmm. And um, at first, I just did, you know, 25 people, period. Um, And... As of the year before last, 2019, before COVID, I was able to do 50 people. I did 25 siblings and 25 parents. Mm. Because what I do know in gun violence is we make shrines to the dead and we forget about the living children. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unacceptable. Yeah. And I said, so how do I acknowledge their existence mm. so they can go on? Because so often in black communities... We don't have trauma-informed care in our communities. So when you get shot up in a Sandy Hook, the trauma buses, the money comes, everybody, Mm -hmm. it's just a collective healing effort. Yeah. Well, guess what? When our kids get shot up on the blocks and the blocks and the blocks... There's no trauma buses that come out. Mm. There's nobody to explain to them what is going on. The churches are failing. The parents are in dismay themselves. The communities are failing. The politicians are failing. So our children are suffering in silence, and Mm. they deserve better. Mm. And out of that, I am trying to collaborate with therapists and and peer specialists and, and people that will coach our children and and, and heal our children, yeah. Because gun violence is not normal. No, it's not. And and we are desensitized, and yeah. we've normalized. Oh, huh, yeah, she just got shot down the block. Yeah. yeah, he did. No, and it's generational. And it's generational trauma. Yeah, it's generational. But we have to cut that cycle. Yeah, killing is not okay. Death is not normalized. Like mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a, a trauma that you're not impacted by.
2: Yeah.
1: So our whole entire communities are in trauma. Mm. And you know, and I moved on to mass incarceration Mm -hmm. um, because I see people coming home and I see the lack of resources. I see a million nonprofits, yes, but I see a lack of resources Mm -hmm. because I see everybody vying for money and dollars, and everybody is being a slave and being pimped out. Yeah, and unfortunately. We don't even check where the dollars come from.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And that's that, that, it, it, and it, it, is, it is hurting our people. It is hurting a movement. Mm-hmm. It is hurting our cause. Because guess what? How do you take dollars from the same people that invest in the industrial complex?
0: And you know what? And what you said about like prison slavery, that's a real thing. Because if you really about this activism life, you would notice where things are coming from, but then you wouldn't have anything. Well, you know what? Yes, you would. Mm. guess what I don't have money Mm. I don't have grant
1: money guess what I still serve humanity Mm. how do you want to serve humanity it's not that listen do you want the crumbs off the master's table Mm -hmm. or do you want to learn to create bread and feed your own people that that's it's just that simple. Yeah. So if I take the money from the the company that invests in private prisons, and if I take the money from Victoria's Secret and the the prisoner is making the wings, mm-hmm. that's just like the church saying, "I take the dope money and I made it clean because I did for Jesus." Mm. No, the money was still dirty and you're still full of shit. Yeah.
0: Because
1: the money was still dirty. Mm.
0: So, so how do you? Deal with the sacrifice because activism is a sacrifice. Because, you know, people, like you said, have nonprofits and they're making bank off of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolute bank. So, how do you keep your morals where you know that you could get money from anywhere just to say that you're doing something?
1: I remember who I am and what I'm called to do.
0: Mm.
1: I remember Shirley Chisholm and I remember Fannie Lou Hamer. I remember Mega Evers, and I understand, and I understand that Harriet Tubman, I understand Booker T. Washington, I understand Marcus Garvey. So when Mm -hmm. you understand who you are and where you come from, then I'm unbought and I'm unbossed, and you cannot buy me for a dollar. So when you keep Mm -hmm. your integrity, and it's not just a slogan, Mm -hmm. then you will not destroy your people. Mm -hmm. You will not take money from anywhere. You will do everything it takes to uplift your people in your community with integrity. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? People are watching. Mm -hmm. And, And you know what I do know? I do know that there are people out here who genuinely care about humanity, Mm -hmm. and they will genuinely pour in if you do the work. Now I understand for the people who do Hollywood, it's who you know and what you know and how many beds you lay in and and, and how many, you know, if you need knee pads or not. See, I'm clear about some things. Mm -hmm. And I know what I'm not going to do. So I'm going to have to stay over here and I'm going to have to rely and I'm going to have to trust on everything that my ancestors gave me so that I can restore balance to my community. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's that simple.
2: Yeah.
1: All money is not good money. Yeah. And every dollar is not a blessing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And I know that money is the root to evil. Because I robbed a bank. So I'm very clear.
2: Mm-hmm. All
1: money ain't good money. And so, I, 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 I thank God that I have found people in a span of 10 years. Absolutely. You know, I found sisters in 10 years mm-hmm. that will pour in and love me and love my organization and make sure that the people have what they need. Because you know what? It's not always about a dollar. Mm-hmm. It's saying, hey, can we galvanize because these people are coming home? It, it, it's five, five toothpaste here. It, it's 10 book bags there. Mm-hmm. See, guess what? Because I don't care how we meet the need as long as the need is met of the people yeah, because it's not about me. So when it's not about you, you can ask people for things. People will always give tangible things. Yeah, Things are easier to get than money. And then mm-hmm. when you find the people that will give the money, that's great. But you know what? You have to show people that you're a good steward of money mm-hmm. and that it really went to the thing that you said that it's going to go to. And I think we have a lack of accountability in nonprofits and we don't hold them to, to their feet to the furnace. Yeah. We don't even know where the money goes. Yep. That's a problem. Yeah. And, and I don't think people understand that they have the right to ask organizations to open your books. Yeah. I Isn't need it to a see report that they're supposed to a, put out
0: every year? It is
1: a report. But guess yeah. what? We know we fudge and alter all types yeah. of papers to do what we need to do. And the reality is if you know that organizations are doing these things, mm-hmm. you need to turn them into the charities board because yeah. we need less organizations like that. Yeah. And we need more organizations who are going to to fix and heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So please tell me more about the bill, the post-traumatic prison disorder, right?
1: Absolutely. So
0: how did you think about this bill. I know it stems from post-traumatic stress disorder, but what made you really want to push this bill to get it passed? Like, What was the beginning of it?
1: The beginning of it was talking to individuals who were just like me. Mm -hmm. When I came home from prison, um, don't laugh, I I came home from prison with a stinger. And for Mm -hmm. those who doesn't know what that is, it's a coiled thing that you put in hot water and you plug it in to cook in prison. Mm -hmm. And I came home scared of noise and sounds and, and you know, you, you get in the shower with, with, with sandals on and and, and it's just you, the metal doors and clicking and I was just just unnerved. Mm. I didn't like elevators, small spaces, people, crowds. It was just, it was too much. Mm. And I realized, like, I have issues. And I realized that when I got nervous, I would walk, and I would pivot and go back. Mm. And then I realized I walked the length of a prison cell. Wow. And there was, I would just stop myself, like there was a boundary. Wow. In a whole house, I would only go the length that I could go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to everyone else who doesn't think that's trauma, that is absolutely trauma. Yeah. And then I started to talk to other people, and I'm like, wow, we're all suffering. This is this is horrific. Yeah. There are seventy million Americans on supervised uh, supervision, mm. and that means they've come out of prison, and they're mentally impacted, and there's no help. Yeah. And I realized I said I took out my prison diary, and I said, Wow, like this is a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Because I realized that. The big organizations weren't writing bills about mental health. Mm -hmm. They're too busy trying to find money and be superstars. Mm -hmm. I realized that the legislators don't know about prison. They're too busy being punitive and passing Rockefeller drug laws and Mm -hmm. 1994 crime bills. And Mm -hmm. so they don't have my best interest at heart. Yeah. And I said, okay. For us, by us, because nobody's going to help us but us. Exactly. And I sat down and... I, I got to meet this amazing lady um, named Pamela Stewart Martinez, and she says, hey, I can help. I said, well, you know, I, I drafted some stuff. She says, let me, let me fix it, and she did, mm. and post-traumatic prison disorder was finished, and I turned in a resolution to the NAACP, and they took it to their national conference,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I am so grateful to Lynn Spivey, who is the president of the uh, NAACP public housing president. Mm -hmm. And she took the resolution to Detroit, Michigan, to the National Conference. And Hazel Dukes is the president for um, the state of New York for the state conference. Mm -hmm. And they passed my resolution unanimously by the NAACP. And I think that that is amazing Mm -hmm. that criminal justice and mental health mattered. Yeah. And so we found a legislator to take it. And I have um, Brian Benjamin is my sponsor for New York and, Andrew Joelle Jones champions it in Michigan. And I'm getting other states to look at it because if we do not address mass incarceration and mental health now, mm-hmm. then when, Yeah, you know, um, and it's not post-traumatic stress disorder because we do not get the benefits of military veterans and people mm. who suffer it's not and so i tell people mental health is not a color
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not economics it has no border mm-hmm. it has no gender and it's not bias and if covid has not taught us anything else everybody is in a mental health pandemic if somewhere in their own mind mm-hmm. but everybody deserves to be healed to totality yeah. especially people suffering from post-traumatic prison disorder because it is not like the military. Mm -hmm. And the only way people come home from prison can get help is with their Medicaid card and you have to go to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist prescribes psychotropic drugs. And my legislation is calling for healing with an alternative to medication.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because I believe that the only way you can heal trauma is like birthing a baby with no anesthetic. It's Mm. just painful and you got to go through it. You cannot get healing until you go through pain. Mm -hmm. And so medication creates drug addicts and creates
0: other things. It's a whole system. It's a whole system.
1: Not that I don't believe people need medication, but Mm -hmm. medication has to be at the end. You have to exhaust all possibilities. And so I just believe at this juncture, for us to recreate community
2: mm-hmm.
1: and change the norm, we have to normalize mental health. We have to normalize mm-hmm. peer specialists. We have to normalize psychiatrists. We have to normalize life coaches in our community. Yeah. And guess what? We have to normalize that legislation mm-hmm. has to be written for us, by us, because nobody knows our trauma better than us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm formerly incarcerated I was born to a mother in prison, mm-hmm. and yet I have legislation. Mm. Guess what I know? We all have the power to create and change our own narratives. Mm. Because guess what? I was counted out before I was ever counted in. Yeah. They gave me a number like cattle. You brand cattle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody from prison is branded with a number. Yeah. They take away our name like slavery. Toby, I'm Kunta. No, you're W76337. Mm. Well, guess what? I'll be that. No Mm problem. Now I'm going to take it and I'm going to brand it for real. I'm going to run with it all the way to every legislature that will pass my legislation. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to show you how to wear this, 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 what you gave me. Mm -hmm. You, you turned, you thought it was for my bad. Now I'm going to use it to heal people. Yeah. And that is why it's called Post Traumatic Prison Disorder, Shawana W76337, because that prison number you gave me Mm -hmm. is going to be for my good.
0: Mm. So when this bill passes, because we're going to speak this into existence, (laughs) what do you want to see from this? What is the, is there an end goal? There is an end goal. I want to see accountability.
1: In in facilities. I want to see accountability for parole and probation. I want Mm. to see accountability in communities for the damage. (laughs) For me, this is one bucket of reparation to prison. Mm. Because guess what? Nobody ever talks about. Nobody ever talks about the 64% of people that are in prison innocent, falsely accused, who are suffering not only because they're innocent, but now because you're in trauma. Mm Everybody deserves to be well. And when I mean everybody, I mean Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, Shawana Vaughn. Mm. I mean everybody. Because guess what? Either redemption has to be for everybody or nobody. Yeah. Now, I didn't say abolish prison. I said prison has to change. Yeah. The way we've been doing prison since slavery... Is inhumane, mm-hmm. dehumanizing, and it's uncivilized.
0: Yeah. It's supposed to be a re- like a rehabilitation center, practically. How can you
1: be rehabilitated mm-hmm. in bars and metal and yeah. steel and guns and gates? It's ridiculous. It cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people I don't want to live next to, too. But guess what? They still deserve to be mentally whole. Yeah. I don't care where you are on the planet Earth. Eight billion people need to be as whole as we can be. Because mm-hmm. if we create wholeness, especially in the black community, we can stop gun violence. Exactly. We can restore economics. Yeah. We can recreate our narrative and reduce recidivism. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I want to stop the next cycle of mamas and daughters and and daddies and sons in prison. Yeah. And we can't do that until we mentally heal people's wounds. Mm-hmm. That's what I want post-traumatic prison disorder to
0: do. Yeah. So what's the next step with the bill? The
1: next step of the bill is it will be reintroduced in January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody who believes in something, I need them to Call your legislators. I need mm-hmm. you to ask for post-traumatic prison disorder, Shawana W76337. I need you to call the legislators in New York. I need you to call whoever your city council, whoever your assemblyman, whoever your senator is, mm-hmm. and tell them, support it and push it. Support it and push it. I need you to call every day if that's what you need to do, because incarceration affects everybody. Don't wait till it's your son, your daughter, your cousin, your brother, your mother is mm-hmm. incarcerated. hmm because you still have to live in a community with people that are incarcerated and you don't know who your next neighbor is going to be. Yeah. You have to act now. This is a state of emergency.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mental health must happen. And the mm-hmm. legislature must do it. Not tomorrow, not five years from now. It has to happen in, in 2022.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a must. And it can't happen without the people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shawana. Absolutely, thank you. I'm so excited about this episode. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you, and
1: thank you for all you do. Thank you in in the shelter system to serve humanity, to lift people up, to give people resources.
2: Yeah,
1: and 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 so often people don't have a person in a space to give them the opportunity
0: to rise above. So, thank you for that. And thank you for this interview. Thank you. This is actually inspiring because, you know, being in the like working in the shelter system is kind of disheartening, you know, because it's not a lot of resources. It's a lot of things that you want to change yourself, but you can't because you're only, you know, at the bottom of the, at the, at the pyramid at this point, you know? So, but thank you. I can't wait to see what this bill does. Yes. I can't wait till it passes. It's, it's going to be a game changer for real. I definitely Even, really It's going to change everything everything thank you so much well thanks for listening and i appreciate you fam and remember be honest though